If you're a gang member in Pittsburgh, we don't have to tell you how easy it is to get a crappy podcast. We just want to make sure you know there are plenty of map reports available on our streets these days as well. And they're open 24 hours a day. Let my home back in Omaha See if I can make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for <laughs> Alright, and if you're ready to go, then welcome <laughs> to Rep Report number 71, February 28, 2007. What's going on, everyone out there? Welcome to the little shindig that we call the Mep Report, our little indie club, little dark corner of the room where we've got our own, you know, alcoholic or non-alcoholic drinks, and, you know, that's what we're doing. I call it this thing. I call it this thing. I don't yeah. know about this Mep Report. Well, it's I just, just call it thing. Bob. <laughs> Welcome to Bob. Welcome to Bob. Yeah, Bob. So what's going on, everyone hey, out there? Uh, before Bob we get started, uncle. one quick shout out to um, Jordan, uh, who wrote us to. Did you guys get the article about why people shouldn't be allowed to walk around with rapiers? This is in regards to the rapier discussion from several several shows ago. Well, no. Yeah. Uh, what are you talking about? I think I think is this refer? I think this is. Uh, remember, didn't we talk about rapiers, or was that on the other show that we talked about rapiers? Yeah, we, we talked about, about rapiers. Right, right. And no, we no, talked we, about rapiers also. We, we talked about rapiers, right? <laughs> it, was, it was almost entirely Greg. That's yeah, okay. We okay. quote unquote talked about this. I see. Well, anyway, yeah. so he wrote he wrote with this uh, email in which uh, he basically explains. First of all, On the, the email. email, the news story is from is filed from. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. So, first of all, that's got to be the okay. longest, like, from line, you know, ever, the byline. Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, live. Quote, a man says he broke into an apartment with a cavalry sword because he thought he heard a woman being raped, but the sound actually was from a pornographic movie his upstairs neighbor was watching. <laughs> now I feel stupid, said James Van Ivern, who's been charged in the case. This is nothing but a mistake. Yes. What's the, what's the was question? the woman who was being raped, did she by chance have a bugle in her mouth while she was being raped? <laughs> oh, Jesus God. Yeah, she did exactly, the cavalry yes. call, and then the guy <laughs> was already. He's like, finally! <laughs> cavalry sword is coming to good use! But the funny part <laughs> of the story, <laughs> the big part of the dispute Rape. is the fact that the neighbor, like, you know, the, the, guy, the neighbor accuses the guy of threatening him with a sword, and the guy with the sword is like, I didn't threaten and I had the sword extended, but that was all. I'm like, uh, I can see how miscommunication might actually have occurred in that situation. So the point Did is, he have a broomstick in his other hand between his legs as he, he tromped into the, uh, the <laughs> exactly. apartment and tried to ride over the guy with his feet. With a guy behind him playing some old, uh, you know, some old record player in the background. That'd be great. 
yeah so pretty much that's why people shouldn't have rapiers so thanks for the uh thanks Stampede for the news article music? jordan we appreciate it yeah you know that's that's uh the old dixie music old civil war music the link that was one of the big civil war songs no 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 it started out as a civil war thing from the south man monkey that's throwing popcorn at you what yeah the what yeah the monkey throwing popcorn with the popcorn what are you talking about with the organ grinder the Dude, organ that's grinder. What the organ makes. That's the No, no, organ that's makes. like that's like da 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 even singing the wedding march, he was singing the carousel song. It's the Jesus Christ, people. Okay. Is that how There's you got married reason. to Emily? They're like, and now Story and Emily, and you hear the background. I graduate to marriage. That's Four songs ago, Eddie said that was the wedding march in your life. I guess that was going to be when trapeze artists get married, then they play the song <laughs> exactly that And then someone uh, like has a little aardvark toss like the wedding ring up in the air and he swoops in and catches it on his toe. When trapeze artists get married, film at 11. Do you know, you guys know I know a trapeze. A traveling trapeze squad. I actually know a trapeze teacher, a guy who teaches trapeze. That's his, that's like one of his big jobs. He has two jobs. One of them is teaching trapeze to people. And yeah, that's what he does. And he yeah, there he's, is learning trapeze two chapters ahead from the owner's manual and the trapeze textbook. <laughs> I, did, I guess so. Well, no, apparently, because he learned it really quickly. And apparently, and I was asking him like his heroes are like athletes from acrobats from Cirque du Soleil and stuff like that. But yeah, there's this big place in Brooklyn where they have this huge building with all this trapeze stuff, and apparently it's very popular for parties and stuff. And he teaches people how to do trapeze and you know jumps and spins when you're in the air and you know holding onto it with your feet when you're swinging you know you're you know all that whole business you know it's where you learn to do Does trapeze you perform wedding ceremonies also I, one can only hope you know one can only hope for the universal life <laughs> church <laughs> of course that's what i do <laughs> oh man yeah so anyway so trapeze there oh, we yeah. go in case anyone didn't so thanks, know, I'm an actual an actual ordained minister of the Universal Life Church. So if anyone wants any, uh, this is true by uh, anything, the way. He's not making this what up. What do we do? We provide some services or other. Seriously, I was married by someone who was ordained in the Universal Life, yeah. Life Church. So one of my brethren. I knew him well. Yeah. After story. Yeah. Brought him in. Right. <laughs> after you saw the wedding. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And after he only joined so he could perform the wedding. That was also helpful. <laughs> All of these things were, we're very useful. efficient clan. We only join. The, we only use the religion to produce things. As in clan yes, of the cave bear. Clan, a sect. <laughs> a clan sect. A clect. We're eclectic. We're, eclectic. we're very eclectic, all of us. Oh God. Wow. And other adjectives. I see. Hey, I also got an email for us that I'm going to read to you guys. All right. Uh, okay. It's Dan Fisher of infamous Brandeis past. I, it must not have been too infamous because I don't know. I guess just Brandeis itself is infamous. Okay. Okay. I, I wanted to I write in about, about yeah about I've show never, 69 to comment. Oh, I bet about he does. Nuns. 
He says apparently he saw this on a documentary. Women are taking vows are on the rise. And he said they profiled one convent in Minnesota where the number of nuns shot up from seven to over 70. And they also showed the mother superior working on her Blackberry. Now, he asks, why do you and the Meppers feel this is occurring? Peace, Dan. Why do we feel that nuns are using Blackberries? Uh, no, why are there more nuns? Okay, that's much more interesting. Because our argument in 69 <laughs> was that there should be far less nuns because of RPGs and uh, other addictive fantasy. No, well, I think our argument was really, enough, uh, they were like conference good guys out there. That's different issue. Uh, you know, not enough good guys or girls, you know. There's just not enough uh, good people out there. Nobody can be happy with anyone else, so uh, be happy by yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, standards nuns, are too you know, high. I would say not enough good guys uh, story. Not too many male nuns out there. There's, there's a few, but well, you talk about, you know. Okay, and clearly homosexuality is just a myth that was made up by somebody. Well, but right? not in the Whoa, nunhood. I don't, think, I don't think Bob that, becomes a male nun, does he? And, you know, fools people? You're not understanding what I'm but saying. Story. I'm, I'm deliberately trying not to... I'm deliberately <laughs> unintentionally is, not understanding it because it's funny. underlying <laughs> okay. story's accusation, like, which is if, that people are intentionally really becoming homosexual due to lack of opposite sex pickings. And that is a very controversial statement. Well, you guys I know the statistic correctly. that there are currently... That was what I was saying. For men under <laughs> 30 in the United kind States... Of what you said. Under the age of 30, there are 119 men for every 100 women in the United States. You have to wait until you get over 70, and then the ratio reverses. So the key is to wait until you get to 70. Yeah, and then there's lots more women for the men that are available, yes. Yeah, so that's all. That never occurred to me, that men outnumber women in this country. Huh. And then all the women are under the age. What are they, stupid? It evens out based on age. Genetically, there's like a... Well, not only that, but genetically, it's like 50.8% likely that any given individual will be born female. So that really surprises me that there are actually more uh, men. And do you what know what happens? else? Are they all aborted because uh, people are chauvinists? Actually, you know what? I realized I have to correct myself. It's actually 119 Uh men, 119 single men for every 100 single women. So that adjusts a little bit. Oh, single? Yeah. Oh, come on. But there is a difference, though. But but that ratio does reverse based on men dying off, though. Some of them are married. The ratio changes. Yeah. (laughs) But the ratio does change after 70, though. And that is related to men dying off. What I was going to say is that there is a correlation between living in a certain amount of strife and living in a plentiful place where resources are plentiful and the sex of children being born. And that women are more likely to be born when the mother is under stress and has less food and less nourishment. And then the child is more likely to be a girl under those cases. Really? That's interesting. Right, they need the fertility. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it takes you know a higher level of care and treatment than... Uh, I don't know, equilibrium for women to have more boys. Huh. Interesting. So makes a lot of sense. the calmer the world, the more men that are created. And when the, mo- the more Supposedly. men created, the less calm the world. So it all bounces out. Lots more men, so you would less think calm. In a first world, <laughs> generally stable country, you'd have more men being born, you know, proportionally. Hmm. Well, that, could be, that could very well be. I wonder what... Uh, but then, you know, I was going to use that to support your fake statistic, but now it doesn't matter. Because well... <laughs> It, but no it's not thing. fake. Uh, it's not fake in the sense that there is a difference, you know, about how many the men or women are available to men after it. seventy. That's all. I can apply it. I can connect so it. Oh, I mean, yeah, it 
don't even know where to begin with this. <laughs> oh how, how do we get down this dead end? That's like, the real I'm question. Gonna give up. First <laughs> six minutes. I'm really gonna give up. Please fast forward to section two. Section two. <laughs> exactly. Section two. Fast forward to section two. Fast forward. Yeah. So anyway, speaking so. of hamburger Hamlet, that is a good restaurant. Oh, I was actually um, I don't know for those of you who know that I work in a sales room part time, and. Uh, I was in a very strange mood most of this week, and I was staring at one of these Which motivational is very banners. For Russ, most most of the time, that. Russ is not at all in a strange <laughs> mood. It's a normal, yeah. straight-ahead <laughs> mood, right? Not a, certainly. Yeah. Typically, there was this Russ is a normal guy. Normally, when we talk to Russ on the phone, banner. Russ is like, "Har, I'm Russ. Hello." Yeah, that's that's Russ normal. most of the time. That's what normal people are like, right? Well, yeah, well, exactly. some of them. people. <laughs> when I think of normal people, I think of that. For a living. Hi. <laughs> I'm normal. Uh, okay, sorry. Some motivational banner. It's like right, it's very prominently displayed. It's over the exit, these double doors. You always see it as you walk out. And it says, just sell, baby. The problem is, uh, I was no going to make a joke of like it says sell more shit or something. And it actually says just sell, baby. That's okay, not only awesome. does it, is it just obnoxious in that, yeah, it's completely obvious and stupid, but there's no comma. Right. So what it really says is just sell, baby. <laughs> sell, baby. <laughs> Dude, have you thought about how much money baby is worth versus other commodities that you could sell? Wow. Seriously. Dude, That's, I literally Why would you there. not sell, baby? At work, to wondering what it would be like to sell baby. Sell if baby. I were on the phone, being like, look, sell he's good, he's good, he's perfect baby, <laughs> he's excellent to near mint condition. You get nine <sighs> fingers, it grabs hand, it alert, you snap, it turns to your head. Look, it's good, look, I get, it's a good deal. I get you the Nike shoes, the blue jeans, the washer-dryer combo, the Caucasian nine-fingered baby. Now look, you take this, it's a good deal. You don't want the baby, you get 85 cents on the dollar. It's high-quality Slavic baby. You train it to be tennis player, is good. You take oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what my life would be like well, if that sign were literally true. I assume baby is this not capitalized, of, uh, right? Because otherwise it might be some actual person or animal named baby, which is conceivable. You mean like in Dirty of... Dancing? Correct, yes. Good job. I was hoping we'd get the culture reference. Okay, yes, thanks. exactly. Yeah. Uh oh There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it reminded me of uh, when I when I worked in a hospital and uh, they gave us the training for all of the different codes and there were different codes for and there we had a code for baby stealing and uh, they gave us like all of this information on the profile of the average baby stealer and why they're stealing babies. It was uh, is it usually a very a woman? informative reality. It is almost exclusively women and it is almost exclusively in the words they put it in the training to cement a relationship with a man that they will <laughs> steal a baby under the proposition that they were nine months unnoticeably pregnant and just show up from work one day. Hey honey I'm home and look what I look what popped out. Check it out. It's our new son. <laughs> and uh, this is this is what people go through and and apparently do enough that every hospital in America has to have a code for when some other unsuspecting woman is going to strike and do this. What and, is the code? Uh, like baby down, baby down. It really seems baby out. No, I mean the whole the whole point <laughs> oh, of code. Go baby, is go baby, go baby, go baby. Completely <laughs> obvious. They're like code baby theft, brown hair. That's not, that's baby, not really how it works. Baby, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just 
Um, Steel baby. I do. I think it was code pink. To code be fair. Pink. I mean, yeah, they're usually colors. Code pink. I got so, a question actually though. So that was yeah. My question no. is, when you steal, everybody go. Do they steal I babies? Too. I like soy sauce. <laughs> right. Babies. Do they sell? Sorry. Do they steal them to sell babies on the black market? And I'm not being facetious. There is a, ba- a baby black market. No. No. They're just. No. No. They're no, stealing I mean, them for I themselves. That's what they said. It's like stealing an Xbox. A common mis- Yeah. A common misperception is that it's for the black market predominantly but in actuality they're normally you know women are stealing it for themselves okay that's that's what they're doing well some people steal xboxes some people steal babies getting their own baby yeah it's like an x-baby these are plentiful on the the black market you don't need extra babies for that there there's a good market for babies there all right then the asian babies that are given up they're the kidnapped babies then you've got the uh eastern european babies which is a huge market Big. I'm actually invested in the uh, the Eastern European baby <laughs> of course black you market. Are. Yeah, I've got a diversified portfolio. And, uh, <laughs> that's really called W A H on the on the Dow Jones, right? <laughs> very <Yeah>. cute. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Yes. Very very cool. Yeah, that was the only part of the market that didn't crash yesterday, so I was oh, happy right. about that. Speaking of which, baby investment was intact. Ha- yeah. How was your day at work? How was your day uh, in exactly? Of, in light of that, it say. was not a day at work. It was. I I woke. Up, I looked at the news. I said, "Oh, uh, I'm not no going one's to work buy today." IBD today. <laughs> <laughs> no one's on board. Baby is not on board. Code WAG. Yeah. You, <laughs> you should be like, look, it's contrarian thinking. Buy babies now. It's contrarian. It was, just, it was this massive, massive collapse of the market for no reason. There was basically no reason. I mean, people speculated. They're like, "Well, China did things," and there was this report China on lost durable 9%. goods. That might have a well, reason. Yeah. The funny thing, it's there was actually like the entire worse news today, which is which was really interesting. And then the stock market's like, of course, rally. Why would we like? Why well, would we not like the worst, the worst news housing today? news in 13 years? Oh, the housing. New home okay. sales in 13 years. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, that's my point. Is that everyone pointed to this retarded durable goods study that said that we're selling less durable goods like washing machines and jet planes, and then they're like, "Oh my God, right. sell everything." <laughs> now that didn't make jet any sense. Planes. But that's—I'm sorry. This leaving. is the market generally. This yeah. is why I'm so happy that I don't Damn do anything it. relating to stock. See, that's them calling you right now. <laughs> sell, Rusted sell everything. Phone call. Sell my baby. I'm not sell my baby. To work, you sell my baby. Sell your own babies. <laughs> I won't sell another baby. Hello. The market will recover. Do you have an ex baby? Maybe 360 because I would like to have one. No, like I mean, seriously, man. Like we're out of babies. This is why. Shut up. <laughs> oh God. This is why I don't. This is why I'm glad that I don't have to follow the stock market because the whole thing is based on ridiculousness. Like, and now let's randomly have the market drop. Now let's randomly have it increase. Uh, you like basically, st- Russ? Aren't you relying on the 85% every time you invest in the stock market? Isn't that the problem? Isn't that no. what's going on here? No, you're not, Greg. This is why I consider myself potentially very talented in this arena is because I'm such a contrarian already and all you have to do in the stock market is be a contrarian and not do what everyone else does and you will make money. Except so when you lose really 500 parts, part. right? When you know everyone. No, that's the thing. Like Me personally, like I didn't get hurt yesterday by what happened. I mean, the ability to like sell things to people who should be interested in the stock market for a day, sure, because 
on apocalyptic days, people aren't like, I wonder how I could buy a product that will help me invest in the stock market on this today, the Armageddon. Like, that usually doesn't work very well. They had a picture, by the way, on the front cover of the New York Daily News of this trader looking like he's like, here, New York trader reacts to the news. And it, this is this guy who's like holding, you know, some of those trade slips who looked like he was having a cardiac, like he was in cardiac arrest on the front cover of it, which, you know, mm-hmm. that's typical New York Daily News. Like, they would actually probably show someone who'd, uh, the picture of a man who has a heart attack during the process of, like, I'm sure they would do that, but it just yeah. it just showed you, like, apparently how ridiculous everyone's just like, oh my god, 500 it was a, points! It was oh. a very strange day. Um, I actually have my own theory about what happened. The actual theory Were you what at work was while that, it was happening? That's no, he didn't go to work. I was at home, you said, right? And then I went, yeah. I, went, I went to work for a few hours, but oh. it, was, it was immediately fruitless. Like, the only right. point that I was actually at work was at one point I thought how cool it would be for me to, like, win a sales contest on the apocalyptic day just to show how cool I am. <laughs> but then once they, I started running into a wall, like, talking to people who were just not happy about it, then I was like, all right, I don't care. I'm gone. I'm leaving. Talking to people so, who had a news station, access to news. Yeah. Then, the then funny it thing was... Not a single person was like, are you crazy? Look at the market. It's death. It's horrible. They were just like, uh, blah, nah, nah, nah. Right. They were very nonchalant about not being interested, so it wasn't even that kind of <laughs> Didn't thing. they hang up the phone and the they're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> they go back yeah. to what they were doing. <laughs> it's everywhere. We have too many babies. Sell, sell. Oh, awesome. The two, I'm going to do this quickly because nobody cares about economics here. The two theories about what happened yesterday. Okay. One was that essentially the Chinese market, like all two billion people there, decided to collect on all the earnings that their market has made over the last year because they hit a record high and their market went above 3000 for the first time ever. So the very next day, everyone's like, cool, I'm going to sell and make my profit. And then they did that. The market dropped 10%. Everybody else freaked out, especially the Americans who are now more invested in China than ever before. And that caused a panic here. Including Chinese babies. My actual actual, um, analysis why it happened was because there was this article on Yahoo Finance a couple days ago on the front page, which was from some obscure Hawaiian financial newsletter that nobody reads. What? But it had been featured on the front page of Yahoo Finance. So that means millions of people have access to this, which predicted the market going to poo. And then so everyone's on edge. They're like, oh no, going to poo because the Hawaiian newsletter says so. I don't like poo. <laughs> they found some stupid... If Hawaii ass- says it, it must be true. Poo. It's poo-poo platter. That is bad. Yeah, they found any signal that things were going bad and everybody panicked and jumped ship. Which was evidenced today by there being no follow-through to the bad market. That okay. everything was just totally normal today. I'm sorry. Does this so just show really how utterly completely ridiculous the stock market is because if you're right you're telling me that this whole thing was based upon someone reading an obscure hawaiian notice on yahoo like this is the equivalent of youtube things it's like aqua teen hunger for sell ah like i mean are you kidding me the entire like world is relying on this ridiculous speculative garbage that's that's the theory 85 percent are and so therefore well, you know, there, there's a lot of people behind just the pure of the idiots. I know, yeah. Selling off. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, actually, it's not. To be fair, like, the, right. the small minority who actually own most of the stock market as compared to the, the idiot public who owns very little of it. Right. Um, it's like so Warren it's sort of Buffett balanced. is 60% and then everything yeah, else exactly. a couple of shares. So you would so. think it would be a little bit more immune to that type of thing because the idiots really aren't running the show. They're just the ones who just casually lose their money to the big players who casually take oh, the money every day. That's more of what the stock my market favorite, is like. My favorite part about looking about this at the stock market stuff was uh, noticing how the 
scale of magnitude has changed. Like in 1929, the fabled crash, which was, of course, like the second and third biggest percentage drops of all time, right. or like the third and fourth, I think. Right, Black and they Monday, were back right? Back-to-back one-day drops that were each, you know, the, they were third and fourth on back-to-back days. The stock market lost like 29 points the first day and 31 the next. <laughs> And that was it. Mm-hmm. That was what drove people plunging off of walls. They're like, it's I know. It's interesting to think of the scale of magnitude. And now it's like 415 yeah. points. What I love about it is how like yeah, touchy-feely. It's the 97th worst day. It's true. It's like, and I love how touchy-feely everything is with the stock market. Like I was reading this thing that says like, Wall Street rebounded from the previous session's 416-point plunge as investors took comfort from comments by Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke, but still showed, it's like, okay, so the, he's like, don't worry, investors. You won't lose all your money. I feel comfortable. Bye, bye, bye. Like well, this is what we're relying on is comforting story. comments the from economy, like the Federal Reserve chairman. Our economy. Oh, that's how it works. I know, but it's our ridiculous. Our based on whether people are happy or have confidence in the economy. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, but like it is. even compared to like of our imagination, like his eye twitches. There's they're no like Jesus, sell. Economy, you know, like I know, I know there isn't. No, there is no economy. <laughs> I know. It's all a phantom. I know. Yeah. It's a phantom thing, built in a shadow. factor yesterday. Wrapped around a riddle. <laughs> which was they had, they interviewed Alan Greenspan, and in like you know his eight paragraph diatribe to whoever interviewed him, he he mentioned the word recession in there somewhere. Right. Like so, like the eighty fifth word was recession, and everyone said like, Alan Greenspan. There's not recession. a chance of oh, recession. Oh God. Ah! Right. <laughs> They're like dot 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 <laughs> recession. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. <laughs> then this is Tell what people babies. actually <laughs> waste their money on is divest, is investing in this stuff. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, well, poker is I at mean, least as good. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, that's like the other right, thing. right, even with poker. Right. I think, yeah, I don't, I don't put them too differently. But again, I feel like I can make money at poker, and therefore there's no reason why I shouldn't <laughs> be able to make money at the stock market. It's the same. I just have this image. All in on rice. Follows. All in, all in, you bastard. <laughs> Tennessee fifty six. You rice selling son of yeah. a. Yeah, you know. So. Fortunately, Texas No Limit is not a, a uh, an investing strategy. <laughs> it would be pretty funny, though. <laughs> what are you invested in? Well, I got about 30% in Omaha. I got a little divestment over here in Seven Card Stud. But most <laughs> of it's oh, in uh, all high stakes, No Limit, Turbo, 15 minutes, hit and go, all in limit. It would be pretty funny yeah. if you had, like, a sit-and-go yeah. trade. Well, there is a game, you know, which I think you guys played with me, called Pit, where you basically trade stocks, and it's a card game where you sit around I'm being like, master four, 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 and you're, like, cha- you're like chanting for, that like, four weeks. was, like, a family tradition. Three coin. Yeah, I love Pit. Um, I used to stay with my uncle and aunt and cousin um, for the summer in Massachusetts, and we would play Pit. That would be the only board game we played, which entails literally, like, holding commodity cards and screaming at each other. That's true. Two, two, no, three, 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 four, four. Yeah. And you try to corner the market on a particular commodity. And then the fun thing is, if someone gets good and you recognize they're one of the good players, you can totally shut them out. Like, nobody's forced to trade with you. So it's like, oh, we're not going to trade with you. Now you can't win ever. Right. And that really sucks. Like, well, so not only that, baton. the fact that you can get, remember, yeah. you could get the or bull like market or the bear or market. any game where everyone could gang up on somebody if they feel like right. it. Right, know? right. It's like, like any game that has more than two It's like people. any game. Like that. Right. Except that it resembles real life in some in ways. Way. Yes, exactly. Except that it's more fun. <laughs> like any game, but more fun. I see. No, but there was oh. they, they had things like uh, the bull card, the bear card. Like if you got the bull market card, you lost, like you're in big trouble. Or no, I guess it's the bear market. You didn't want the bear market card, but you wanted the other. Yeah, it was a good game. Good game. Even a, a game that was superior even to Racco, hard as that is to believe. So really, uh, really I was, gonna, I was going to bring up Racco in this conversation. <laughs> I was yeah. going to 
say. Yeah. Was it as great as Racco? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a great game, more difficult to cheat. Racco is so good because of the ability to cheat easily. By um, you. The you only have thing to, like, be able to... Yeah. The ability by the you to cheat. Otherwise, you we would have played twice yeah. as long. Oh, God had, almighty. <laughs> if you hadn't cheated. Really. I was the hero. That would have been a cheating hero. That's right. Seriously. Amen. Yeah. No, it's Amen. true. So, I don't know. I don't know. This whole... This if you've ever played Racco, write us this week and let us know how much it's terrible. Like, for I'm example, sure if your story's wife, Emily, who likes this game... Do the percentages. Write to your husband and tell him that it's you true. like the Emily game. Emily and I still argue about Racco. We still argue about that. We still bring that up in discussions. It's true. Like, oh, yeah? My favorite part... Well, you like Racco. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. I did. Well, you don't. There was... Yeah. At yeah. some point, there was the seed of doubt in all of your minds that I might have been the best Racco player ever in the history of the world. You're like, again? But you hated the game that's too much. four in a row. How is he so good? But yeah. You hated it too much yeah, to that's be that the, good. Yeah. Nobody can hate a game that they're that naturally good at. Nobody. It's not mm. doable. It's not possible. That's an interesting challenge. Who hates because, what they're really good at? Because huh. you just, like... Somebody must. You would still, you would get at least some marginal utility out of the fact of being good at it. Just the fact of being good. You would at least not hate it as much as you hated Racco. Now, you might hate it. You know, I think you can hate things that you're good at, but not to that extent. Not yeah. to I mean, what if you're the extent. best shit shoveler in the entire world? Does that mean that you well, enjoy it more than jobs that aren't as good? I'm going to say it has or to at least have a competitive component to it. If it's just like, I'm really good at staring at clocks. Like, that's not good. Like, you're really good at something that's really horrible, you know, or shoveling feces or whatever. Like, yeah, that's okay. not good. It, there has to be something competitive this? where there's some oh sort of God, value sorry. or premium put what on about, it. What about this? Yeah. Let's say you play an online, massively multiplayer <laughs> online role-playing game. Oh, boy. And let's say, in theory. Or hypothetically, that competitively, insofar as gaining points from, let's say, ganking other people who play this game online. Sure. That you rank very highly among the thousands of people who do this, and you're well-regarded, and you're right. obviously very good at what you do, yet you actively hate the game and wish that it had never happened. You think that's possible? <laughs> No, that would be that's crazy. Darn! What situation would that, that be like? Do you think so? There. Said the allegory. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the allegory that was the only thing I could come up with. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh yeah. so I had a couple things that I wanted to mention by the way that was somewhat related to this um, story I found something that would make you very happy have you heard the result of the latest study that shows that meetings make you more stupid this is true a, no, a scientific awesome. study asked participants to think of as many brands of soft drinks as they could. When they were in a group the final list was shorter than the list from participants working alone who were asked to do the same thing. Thus meetings are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, indeed. Yes. No, I don't think it makes people dumber. I just think people are shy and they don't want to volunteer the information they have for fear of, you know, that being disliked by the larger group. People are shy. Well, hmm. I think it's more about a group think thing. I think it's more that people are just sort of like, well, I, what do we all think? What can we collectively agree on? Well, yeah, people, we all breathe people oxygen. Yes, yeah, so I'll go with that. Yes. Yeah, so. They don't think as freely as they would, you know, individually because they they want to be accepted by the group, and so some people don't feel comfortable. I see. With just sharing oh, whatever comes so to mind. Stupid. Which is stupid. also another mechanism of stupidity, so sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all day long. Almost yeah. equally stupid a thing. Right. 
People's insecurities make them stupid. I think pressure. that's the universal yeah. truth. That's true. I think that's just factually true. Hey, speaking of stupid Period. people, did you guys George hear Bush? the Strom Thurmond news this this today? Stupid. A couple days ago. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, I I for the. I mean, I'm oh. really surprised we don't hear about things like this more often. To be honest with you, like yeah. At one point, like eighty percent of the ancestors of all of the current African Americans in society were slaves held by, you know, at least twenty or thirty percent of the Caucasians in society. So how do we not hear about, you know, crazy misconnections like this all the time? It surprises me. Mm. You would think it would be more common. But uh, I remember listening to this story on NPR and they were talking to some genealogist who was going back and talking about about the family, and they said that um, his great-grandfather's slave owner, um, who I forget the first name, but it was something like Abigail Sharpton or something like that, had married, um, you know, part of the, the, the Thurmond family, and he was the affiliate. And I thought to myself, after I thought, wow, that was Strom Thurmond's family, I was like, I wonder if Al Sharpton's also angry that Abigail Sharpton was the slave owner of the Sharptons. <laughs> it just seemed like a weird thing to yes, me. Yes, yes. Obviously, like, she... Right captured the family, named the family, you know, bought the family, but we're worried about the Thurmans who are, like, tangentially related to Sharpton well, herself. Well, the funny thing about it, to me, the ironic thing about it was when Sharpton was talking about, he, he said, you know, he was shocked when he heard the news and all this stuff, and he said, then he talked about he, had, he met Strom Thurmond once in 1993, and it said in the article that he met him with James Brown, like James Brown just came along with him. I was just like, uh, and he's like, so we met him. He's, he's like, the situation was rather awkward. And I had this image of Sharpton and Thurman staring at each other, and then Brown just being like, how? Too hot in the room. Get it out. You're like, like what is James yeah. Brown doing there? Yeah. Like, like, I feel strange. <laughs> I knew that I would now. I feel awkward. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, like, why do you bring him along? You're like, okay, I got to yeah. go meet Strom Thurmond. <laughs> Who can I bring with me? The Godfather of Salt. James Brown, please accompany me to meet Strom Thurmond. Like, like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Uh, you know, like, did he think it was that or, or, you know, find some other, like a jazz musician, maybe? Like, who else is he going to bring with him to with Strom Thurmond? And st- he said it was awkward. And I was like, oh, my God. Now they're calling you. What is they with you in phone calls? Stupid. <laughs> you know? Stupid people. So, here's, I don't know. Here's an actual point. I have a serious point to make. What do you mean an actual point? I don't point? think Al Sharpton should care. My point was actual. I don't think Al Sharpton should care about this news story. I don't think he should be surprised or indignant or angry Why? at what happened. Because he kept the name Sharpton. So obviously he's holding no grudge against the family that took his ancestors as slaves. He didn't rename himself. What he kept he, the name. Well, what should so he rename would he himself? There were some relatives of the people. Because, I mean, there was a whole movement, you know, during Malcolm X period where people, um, African Americans, right. would get rid of their slave names right. because essentially they were adopting the names of sure. people who held their ancestors captive. And sure. that just seems like a weird concept to me. So if you don't do that, if you're accepting of the slave name and you're sort of okay with it and you've built a legacy based on the slave name, why would you care about the family related to the slave? Well, how about this? The, you know, the, the slave owners. What if he renames himself Thurmond? That would be ironic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I guess it never occurred to him. Maybe, you know, the Sharptons had a prominent history that was, you know, after the, the slave ownership thing, but was before, you know. I mean, also, you know, once he was known, right. he's not going to rename himself, right? Like, anyone who's famous who's built a name on a particular, you know, it's like branding. You don't, you know, sell really well and well, suddenly I'm not change your that name. I'm like, story should have now made him Nabisco thought about changing his name. Flabity flu. You he know? had the yes, chance to do this from being a kid. He could have done this before he was famous, you know? 
Well, I don't I think mean, his father was important enough to that would have mattered for his career if he was, you know, Al yeah, Mbakwe I mean, or something. Yeah, but I mean, what if his parents weren't supportive of it? I don't know. I mean, you know, I just don't think you can say, oh, yeah, you have to be able to do that. And you can't be upset with any other human being if you keep a name that has been in your family for generations, no matter I, what they seems do or weird what gets me. revealed. Like, if my yeah. family had to adopt Nazi names in World War II, and then somehow this had not been changed up until me, I would have been the first one to raise my hand and say, thank you, I'm not going to be named after the Nazi that, you know, <laughs> held us prisoner for <laughs> for a few years before he sent us to the concentration this camp. This is an odd, I'm yet somehow compelling say, analogy. I'm change my name. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> you know? Like, it just seems crazy to me. It seems absolutely crazy that... A, that Okay, maybe if you don't care or if you're willing to accept that part of your history and you're just like, that's just part of my family's history and I you know, recognize that that's part of our growth as a people and therefore I keep the name. But if that's the case, then you don't be mad at other people who have relatives who are slave owners. You know, It's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. I mean, you can be mad because it's Strom Thurmond, right? Like, There's also a certain extent to which just because it's Strom Thurmond, you can be mad however irrational it may be. Well, yeah, but it's already sort of obvious. Strom Thurmond's a dick. He's a racist. Everybody knows that. This is confirmation right. and makes it more fun to make fun of a dead guy. Right. But well, what was uh, interesting, did you hear you that know. his biracial daughter, which, of course, he fathered with a household servant, I'm not making that up, um, actually defended him? Strom Thurmond? Yes. Did you know that? Strom Thurmond has oh, a biracial daughter. That. Yep. Um, who? And she defended him. She's like, well, you know, he did a lot of other good things. And I was like, like you know father mm-hmm. you i understand you'd be happy about that part of it but like i mean like yeah it's that strong that that he was defended by his biracial daughter who had been fathered by him with a household servant strong thurmond well, your did, like he didn't just totally right but he also didn't just totally cut her out of his life as many people would have done in that situation well no like she right. got to visit his political offices and they had something of a relationship over the course of her life so you know in in strong's defense you know I mean, I don't know. It's like it's like yet another one of those things. Like yeah, half of the homophobes in the world turn out to be latent homosexuals themselves. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of you hear one thing all of the time, and then you find yourself being drawn in in a certain way to people that you've been brought up or told yourself to hate, and then you hate yourself, and it makes you more virulent and vit- vitriolic against. For example, uh, Hitler, people, who was because, part who was part Jewish, as we know, know. So that had something to do with right, it too. Yeah, because. You see yourself in that. So, you know, this happens all the time. I don't think it's terribly surprising. But to his credit, he didn't cut her out of his life completely, which would have been by far the easiest thing to do. And a lot of the people in his inner circle and people who worked for him knew about it long long ago and far away because it's like, uh, sir, what is this random uh, person doing getting all of this access that doesn't make any sense? And And she's from the other side. What are you doing? Oh my God! You know, the other so side. It was, it was pretty obvious. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you know, I, yeah. Probably how it went down. I'm sorry, he ran for president on a segregation ticket. Yes, I don't and think there, was, there a, was any illusion about it not being the other side. I know. <laughs> he, it's funny. Like, it was a guy who lived so long that he was sort of outlived. They like he softened in segregation. Like he lived so long that he kind of semi outlived his racist past, sort of. But I mean, not really, but but to a degree. Yeah, because the well, brain when you die as a Alzheimer's killed the racist part oh, of his brain. At age 100. Wow, efficient Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. that 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 works. I never thought of it that way. 
I think just naturally as you get older, it's harder to hold on. I mean, I know we think of old people as being sort of more likely to be prejudiced and hold on to very old world sort of ideas. But I think it's just hard to be virulent about anything, just to have that strong a position when you're that old. It's just, yeah, why do you care? You don't care about the world anymore. You're just thinking about life and social security. (laughs) (laughs) If it's your fixed income. I'm on a fixed income. You know, 80% of the people out there are on a fixed income, but they vary, and so does yours. Sorry. What? always pissed me off, Your that income? line, I'm on a fixed income. Everybody's on a fixed income, except for me. I work on commission, I'm not on a fixed income. Everybody else, their income wow. is fixed by their salary. <laughs> I think like, the point is even you, but fixed by the limits of what you could make. Right, right, right. Bill Gates is on a fixed I thought it was income, by my motivation. Microsoft I thought it was fixed in that the fix was yeah. in and for Russ make to make money. Profit. I thought that's where the fix was. <laughs> it was honestly no. fixed. Oh, the fix? <laughs> I'm on yes. a fixed income I'm on because fixed I run a gambling ring. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, see? They come to my casino. We run the numbers. Oh, and we do the, the numbers on free. Uh, and fix, I get yeah. in. Yeah. It's in, see? The get fix the is in. It's a fixed income. Oh, my you God. Yeah. We bootleg it. Yeah, we run see? the numbers, see? It's and all if you don't like it, we'll fix you. I'll fix you. I'll fix you, Wabbit. Oh, my God. That's funny. (laughs) But the problem is, though, the income could theoretically go up from year to year, right? Russ, isn't that the point of the fixed income thing? Yeah. Like, I'm just saying the old people should say, I'm impoverished. They shouldn't say, I'm on a fixed income, because it makes no sense. It should be like, I don't have any money. Russ. Lots of people can make money. Would you rather say, I'm on a fixed income, or would you rather say, I am impoverished and poor? Well, what would you be more likely to feel comfortable saying? it's, It's nonsense. It's like, I'm on a budget. Well, most people are on a budget and those people who aren't spend their money poorly. So instead so you'd rather fine. say, well, you're I'm poor. You're older. Hi, I'm poor. I, my name is Bob and I'm poor. They don't have enough money. But in the sense that your dog or cat would be fixed. It's that kind of income. <laughs> it's like, well, I can't be productive anymore. I can't work. I can't go out uh, and make this multiply. So it's been fixed. My income. It's like, would you like me to, to make a trip to the That's supermarket That's a bizarre analogy story. And the other person's like, sorry, I'm on a fixed diet. I only eat food. Well, wh- how does that answer the question? No, 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 no. It's like this. It's like this. I don't eat anymore. Let's say that you've gone out running, right? And you, you've gone out running and you have a fixed amount of water that you can drink. If you go out running, you're not going to have enough water to drink to compensate for what you need to put back in your body. If you're on a fixed amount of water, then you're in trouble, right? That's the point. There's no way. There's no margin. There's nothing you can do in this situation. Yeah, you're on fixed hydration. So the the guy who's running around with a tank on his back full of Aquafina is also on a fixed hydration. No, but if he could stop at any store and get more Aquafina at any time because he's unlimitedly able to get more water, then he's not in a fixed, you know, hydration system in that situation. This, by the way, is the greatest analogy I or anyone else has ever come up with. Can't just go to the bank (laughs) and say manifest another $50,000, please. I'd like to go shopping. Well, no, but... Like, they actually have to do things to earn the money. But, but Russ, it keeps up with the cost of living, though. Like, if you get a fixed income, it means that you're not going to be able to make the money necessary five years from now that will keep you equivalent to what you have right now. Like the cost of living goes up, but your amount of money does not. That's the other thing. That's really what a fixed income means. Every other, like my job, I get a raise every year. You know, there's a raise that's negotiated into a contract and everything else. It's a cost of living raise. A lot of people have cost of living adjustments. Oh. So the fixed So what they should be saying is, I, I don't have cost of living increases. I can't afford this because in five years, I, I am without have proportionally they, less money. They would have been cut off at the point when they said, <laughs> I have cost 
cost of living. All right, let's go to the next news thing. It's just easier to say fixed income. Everyone knows what that means. You know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Everything is fixed. It's all a scam. Everything is fixed. Sell more babies. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. It's true. Oh, my God. Yeah, because otherwise, uh, like, you know. And you're right, actually. I didn't think about this, controlled Russ. controlled by the government. You are the person who is on the least fixed income ever. You have the most variable income of all time, actually. Because, I mean, it's all based on I how you do. Absolutely variable income. Right. And, and by this the way, why he's so I better totally about opt for this system. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. Like, I intentionally do not have a fixed income, which doesn't mean that I'm opting out of the Social Security system, although I would do that if I were able to. Oh, it means, in a heartbeat, can yeah. I get an amen? <laughs> yeah, please let us opt Sorry. out to this Go useful on. thing, this useless thing, rather. Yes. I mean, but that's also sort of my personal philosophy, which is that even if I were eligible for it, I would never take welfare, I would never take unemployment, I would never take money from the government. I just wouldn't take it. It's just part of who I am. I don't know if that's related or what I was going to really say, but that's... But it's good. Now we can do a broadside on Social Security. What, you're doing this because you but don't it, like the idea? It's or? a coherent sentence. Yeah. It is a coherent sentence. I think it was. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's my libertarian instincts. I really don't know why. Uh, maybe it's I have a sense of honor in what I do, and I don't believe that I, given the ability that I have, I don't think I should be allowed to take help from other people, and that really if it's a question of I get to the point where I need assistance, I should just be able to motivate myself or find some way to do it, and that I shouldn't be taking from tax funds to support myself. That's just something that should never happen. So therefore, I won't. Hmm, interesting. You have the same feeling about this story? You would opt out of the... I mean, I'm shocked no, that... You're, you, no, you would never. You, you, you don't want to opt not. out of any system, I recognize. You like all systems and want to stay in them at all costs. But uh, let's say that you were crazy and wanted to opt out of systems. I mean, would this be one of the systems you would opt out of? No, I mean, I, I take no pride. I take nothing in the system of money. Like, I do not take money seriously at all in any way. Like, I try to be fiscally responsible because... I think it's kind of silly not to be, but I don't think money means anything at all in any context. So for me to say, like, what, like I externally, do, it doesn't mean anything. It's very hard for me to utter. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard for me to construct a sentence that makes sense to me that says I shouldn't blank with money. Like, it, why? It's oh my God! Money. It doesn't matter. Russ, that's it's a ju- that's a it's challenge like, right wait, there. We can do this. I, we can I make this work. Say, I shouldn't no, lie with money. Yes, I shouldn't I, throw things out I, the car window with money. Yes. I shouldn't, I shouldn't wrap feces myself with money. With money. <laughs> Okay. Can we do this you for the rest the of the show and next show too, please? I, I shouldn't take my cat and make her a belt of money. <laughs> I mean, why not? That doesn't. I shouldn't make wrap sense. my burrito yes, in money. I mean, yes, you can. Okay. While you have successfully proven yeah! the point that you can Our find rule. that I would not utter with money, like the general idea stands that like I I don't think guidelines that apply to almost every other kind of behavior necessarily apply to money because it's so trivial and useless and is, as we were talking about with the stock market, it's just a product of other people's weird misconceptions about value and... and but, Story, uh, I'm like waiting to just, find something I can disagree with. Like, isn't this just why, obvious? Like, isn't this all true, just inherently, that I money is ridiculous? I shouldn't spank I think, wild yeah. boars <laughs> with money. <laughs> True. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh, that is tremendous. I shouldn't line my kitty litter box with money. 
I shouldn't ah, invade again. Paraguay sure with, with money. money. <laughs> I shouldn't use... I, sh I shouldn't line my hang glider wings with money. Okay. <laughs> no, but like, but you guys just let me know when you're done being amused by this game. I okay, we'll get back to you. Just give me the to transubstantiate <laughs> okay. with money. <laughs> oh my god. Uh... I shouldn't find the Triforce using money. Uh, that wasn't very good. Uh, that would actually be an easier way to find the Triforce. That's actually true. You just, just, just whip out money. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, We've been hiding it, but you know corn. what? I don't care. It's a good point. Screw Ganon. Take it's it. It's a good point. Um, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't... Let's see. I shouldn't try to trace my ancestry to Strom Thurmond with money. You get the right. idea. So, but I the point is, like, the Latinos with money. <laughs> what? Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but, like, no. But isn't that the point, though? Story, like, story. What, what is controversial about what you just said? Like, I think all of us agree that money is clearly inherently unvaluable and is just silly basis. Uh, you know. But like Russ right? says, he shouldn't. Russ has like a code of standards about what he doesn't want to do with someone else's money. Like, for example, I've always said that if I ever ran for president or, you know, some sort of office or whatever else, like, all of these people have all of these policies about, you know, uh, I'm not going to take money from tobacco companies, Nazis, KKK members, and, you know, the gun lobby. And Why? Jim. Why? I would, I would take money from Jim. absolutely everyone. <laughs> I wouldn't be beholden to it. I wouldn't have it change my policy. I would make it very clear when they were handing the money over that it didn't make any, mean anything to me except thank you for helping my presidency. But, you know, like, and I assume, I understand that most people are not able to do that, and you would be able to look at my record and say, no, he really wasn't influenced. He still voted against the Nazis and the oil companies and all those other people. And the child and I don't expect, you know, even though he took sure. the money. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't expect that they would give again. I think it would be a one-time thing. Uh, you know, but I don't know, like dirty money. That, that that concept is just crazy to me. Dirty money. There's money that I, you know, what? it's just totally insane. Like money is all dirty and all ridiculous. So okay. why does it matter? If you're, so, if you're not going story. to have any money, then you can say there's dirty money. Sure. A half-crazed, bleeding Colombian drug lord walks into your door. Okay. He has a satchel with $75,000 in it. He hands it to right. you. He says, take this. And then okay. he leaves. I shouldn't take the <laughs> leavings of a Colombian drug lord with money. That is likely <laughs> to make a presidential campaign criminally liable for no, participating. No. Not campaign. You're just in your house and he okay. walks right. in and gives it to right. you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that makes an individual criminally liable, right? Like, obviously, obviously, in a criminally liable situation, I have disincentives from taking that. How do you know he's a Colombian drug lord? Really How do you know he's a Colombian drug lord? Is that a crime My to take that money? Is it a crime, it a crime? to take? I mean, you could argue is, that the police could seize it. If they were following up, they could just take the money on, under seizure laws. But is it a crime for you to take it? I mean, if it's a gift, but it, I mean, you can presume it's not his to give, right? Is that a safe assumption? I think it's. A well, safe it's assumption. his. He's he's illegally <laughs> earned all of this money through the black market workings. It's his money. Okay, then I'll take it, and I will do good things with it. Sure. <laughs> if okay. I'm not if I'm not going to get in trouble for it, I will absolutely take it. I mean, it's better in my hands than in anybody else's. I guarantee I will do better things with that money than anyone else he's going to give it to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sign me up. 
If I can build a chain of, you know, uh, soup kitchens in third world countries on the back of this Colombian drug lord's money, more power to me. I think that would be great. I think as long as I you're not beholden to anything that. by getting the money. Oh sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, if yeah, you didn't. <laughs> in in there is the a note that says, "Give this to Rodriguez and Pedro, my, my Colombian drug contacts." <laughs> <laughs> I will not the become question, a drug lord with money. Op choice. <laughs> will you become Take a drug Take the Colombian drug lord <laughs> or not. <laughs> like, <laughs> become But how great an MG dump lord. is that? I don't think that was Mr. the Mr. Speaker, the leader of opposition <laughs> says he would gladly take the money. Does he know that in doing so, he's becoming a Colombian drug lord? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm finding the collapsing pathology the right now. Right, exactly. That was the subtext. What I love is the fact that the Colombian drug lord would yeah. stumble into Story's house. That has so much potential for comedy of all kinds that it, it just despise description. Yeah. It'll be great. He leaves a, a weirdly scrawled note. It says, enjoy, love Carlos. And then in like microscopic letters underneath. It's like, P.S. Now you, I own your soul. www.colombiandruglord.com Oh, God, that's yeah, great. Exactly. That really is tremendous. <laughs> Otherwise, I will... But it is funny, isn't it? I mean, if... Oh, here's a great question. Yeah. And there's no way this would apply okay. to the story. But if you guys have seen the movie Serpico... Have you seen sorry, Serpico? I haven't seen it. Classic Al Pacino. Okay, it's a very basic story. Al Pacino classic. is the only honest cop amongst corrupt cops everywhere else. So everyone that he works with, the other plainclothes officers, they're all on the take. They all get an extra salary from these people who don't want to be bothered, and he just refuses to take the money. And eventually, this mm -hmm. gets him in trouble, and he has to, you know, testify in front of a grand jury and all this stuff. So you're just saying, if you were a policeman, which would never happen, but if you were in one of these jobs <laughs> where it was customary Story to take policeman. some kind of illegal better, tip better. that was against the rules of what you did, but it was common practice, everyone did it, nobody got in trouble, you would take the bribe. No, he wouldn't. Story I wouldn't mean, do that, would you? I, I, again, I don't think so. I mean, I, uh, it's whether there's a presumption of return, uh, not only presumption, I mean, because I feel like a bribe is something where there is like an overt presumption of return favor, and the money would not be there if there were not the presumption of return favor, right? Which mm -hmm. is, you know, which is a different okay, but set what, of behavior you than... Here, this is specific to Serpico, <laughs> which, is, which is... Which I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> that the other cops Help. are getting pissed off Sell. that he won't be on the take. So they advise him to just take the money and not act any differently just so that they don't get in trouble with either the illegal people who are giving them the money or with their superiors in the police department because they're having, like, a mixed-up take. So, in other words, they're just like, look, be nice to these guys. Just do your job. Just please take the stupid money so that we can all go along with being on the so take. So, wait. So the taking of the do money that? doesn't imply behavioral change. Like, it really doesn't. You, you could right. You could theoretically because arrest your Serpico, and everyone's. They just want you to go along with the take, so that they can keep getting their extra salary, and they don't even but care you, if you let the bookies off. But the you hook could still arrest people, though. Could you still arrest people? Facilitating them, like doing, sure. yeah, absolutely, some sort of harm really? with it. I feel like I'm still facilitating well, harm, right? You're. Which well, like, you're insofar as you're facilitating the process of giving bribes in general, yes, because you're allowing that yeah. process to move along. But you personally and what can are the add, bribes it, for? Are the bribes are to ignore, like, cracking down on violent behavior, right? So Right, but you personally can crack down more than other policemen if you want to, and it won't change the bribe that you're getting. 
Yeah, but I'm still aiding and want to. facilitating the overall system. Sorry. Of, <laughs> right. I, yes. I, I perceive that I'm still, yeah. So, yeah, no, you're throwing I don't, a, a I don't want to aid wrench in the, the works overall by not taking it. system. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to continue to throw a monkey wrench because a system whereby people tacitly consent to violent behavior is not cool. Huh. Okay. I mean, I'm you know, now. for the purposes of this I understand example. your position okay. fully Excellent. now. Thank Great. you. <laughs> We're like one stone's throw away from a Ben Branzel conveyor belt scenario. <laughs> Have I ever told you guys about these? Ben Branzel always tries to make me contradict my own morality or weigh different very high values that I have. Yes, by throwing by out some impossible thing. Totally ridiculous right, right. impossible things. He's like, okay, you're on a conveyor belt with a bottle of wine <laughs> and a cigarette and a bird in your mouth. A baby bird, okay? And you're moving on this conveyor Sell belt. the baby! Alright? And you have to duck your head and close your mouth or you have to take a stick and whack someone with it, which will make you throw up and open your mouth onto the conveyor belt. And you're moving forward. You can't stop the conveyor belt. You're just going along. You have no other options. And I was like, no, I, I still think my morals are consistent. And he's like, when you're on that conveyor belt, you're going to be sorry you haven't thought of this one, Clayton. I'm like, no, I, I still think I'm morally consistent. I think I'm okay. I feel good. I feel all right. Some evil scientist has made you part of a Rube Goldberg machine. And your decision exactly. will critically determine whether you drink the alcohol or beat the baby. Do you expect me to give you a moral decision? Exactly. No, Mr. Clayton, I expect you to die. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my no. god. I expect you to I light up the clouds, <laughs> which causes the yeah. toys to okay. sit down There's and a, activate the monkey with the There's drum. a dragon with a broken wing. He's near a Colombian <laughs> drug lord. Now, what if you... <laughs> I love these crazy scenarios. That's pretty funny. Yeah, well, yeah, you know... We're like one step away from a, a Brazilian scenario. That's all I'm saying. Well, actually, mm -hmm. I have one quick question yeah, related to that. That's, it's an interesting point of view. Story, is there any governmental system that you would willingly opt into? Let me give you an example. If the government is funding what is a like I, I don't know how much for example the Glide gets of uh, gets um, what, that's the name of your oh we get decent government funding. so okay so you're okay with that yeah, you're okay absolutely. with that part of it even though theoretically that's complicit in the whole taxation system with the government like doing other bad things that's I mean I pay my taxes no I know you do we can back up to something for well no no no, no, no I, I didn't mean that. that I didn't mean that so, I just meant that the taxation system which like backs military and like taxes. well yeah but. There's no way you would pay them if you didn't have to, right? I mean, I don't know. Probably true, yeah. I mean, I, I like to tell myself a story that all of my taxes are building hospitals and schools. You know, I mean, it's totally ludicrous. Oh, I'm not anti-tax in general like, terms. That but, money does you know, go into that, you right. know. So, I don't know. And I mean, I actually think that that would be a fantastic system. I think that would be really tremendous. That the government decides the, the sum taxes. total of... The things, yeah, that the things that they will fund, and then individuals get a chance to earmark what they want to do. I mean, these days it wouldn't be so good because you need a system where you don't have warmongers. I was just going to say at the top doing their propaganda. <laughs> yes. Plus, you know, I we mean, would have the largest department of pro wrestling of any country in the world, and that would be a problem. <laughs> the Depart Department of no, Anna Nicole why, Smith coverage. That's why they still get to decide what is funded and what is. Oh, they get to create a total list of. Things eligible right for funding, and then for a Stone Cold you Steve Austin, off, yeah. exactly. <laughs> give him the money. <laughs> stone Cold Steve Austin. He knows what to do. I promise. Uh, I worked hard. No I want Stone Cold it. to spend my money. He just knows better. It's true. <laughs> Love, Ralph. <laughs> stone Cold 08 for me. Oh God. Yeah.
No, uh, I, I mean, I actually, even beyond that, I just think it would be a really cool experiment to do if they could put it on a ballot somewhere or something of just see what, you know, what people would come up with. And you could say, say, fund up to three things and, you know, earmark percentages on basic percentage rubrics for up to three different funding options. I think that would be great. Pastry puff I shops. Like I, want, I would like them I to get all of my money. <laughs> I just have this image that your idea that the government chooses what's funding would break down story. We'd be electing people like, if I'm elected, one choice that will appear will be the creation of arcades, video arcades in all of our cities. And you can fund that Yay, if you wish. And video arcades. You know, like I have an image that that part of it would break down. I'm not sure how we would insulate that from everything else, you know. I tell you what. It would increase tax filings by a thousand. Oh, that's definitely in this true. Country, people would be so excited I mean, about filing their taxes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no man. question. Yeah. Yeah, it would be like would, a game. It would be like a little adventure. <laughs> a little game. Great. They could even make it into a reality TV show where you call in one of the various 800 numbers for which department you want to fund with your taxes. Oh, God. And then they tally up the votes on TV and announce the winner. And then they have a guy representing that department sing a song and people They have cheer. like the military and guy, the guy from the Pentagon, American like looking into the camera like with the office and he's just like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I really, I feel, I feel good. I feel I've made the case for the B-2 bomber, but I don't really know that I've really done enough, you know, and I worry that really. That would be hilarious. It would be. He literally, he would have the microwave gun on TV. Look how cool this is. Then he would shock some poor guy. He was like, no, we have to fund this. We have to send this to Iraq. And then people would vote. They would. To send their taxes to build the microwave gun. <laughs> God. That's such a good idea. It is. We should do it right oh, now, man. immediately. Deal or no deal, U.S. taxes. Well, you should tell us. You could never, go. ever have boring people who are secretaries of departments ever again. They would have to Charisma. be the most charismatic, oh, yeah. like, amazingly. Dynamic. Totally. They would have oh, yeah. To. They would Absolutely. Have to be. Absolutely. You'd have, like, Wayne Newton at the head of every uh, department. Just like, <laughs> oh, come on now. Bought a lot of bing. You know you got a lot of this. you got to fund this. That's right. Try the veal. Tip your waitress. Bought a lot of That's bing. That's Wayne Newton, you know. He's charismatic in a sort of lounge lizard kind of way. They wouldn't all be good charismatic, you know. They'd get better versions and worse versions, you know. And good Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> exactly. Would be the secretary I mean, of everything. Uh, I, I do think that... Charisma has good innate to the title. I don't think you ever. I mean, nobody said John Kerry. John Kerry was charismatic. He was. He was bad charismatic. You know, the kind where you don't have any. <laughs> like I don't think you can say. No, no. There's, you're bad there's charismatic. That's not true. What about, if you lack something. What about Anna Nicole the Smith? She something. clearly had charisma, but it was bad charisma. Agreed. I it mean, I know nothing about Anna and Coleman. bad karma. It was horror show charisma. He had karamiz, charisma. That's the extent of what I know about. Karmaisma. About her. Well, the fact that so. so many people care means that she had some level of charisma, right? You would think. I mean, maybe. I mean, people would care if Al Gore died tomorrow. It does not indicate charisma. He has more than he used to, though. I don't think it would be as big a story. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Well, listeners, you should let us know which would matter more to you, Al Gore or Anna Nicole Smith. Because sadly, for this week, we can't go into that discussion. Don't put it in the future. Because we've reached an hour. Because clearly something that happened two weeks ago. Well, I'll talk about Al Gore. It's already I'm in Al Gore. Happened. So I'm, you know. Right. Matter. Well, I'll talk about Al Gore. That was my theory. Oh, right, right. Oh, he's still I hope so. <laughs> it was so hard to tell. Thanks okay. for listening, you guys. Thanks for <laughs> okay. checking us out. We appreciate it. Please make comments. Please vote for us at all the various places. And uh, please continue to be cool. And um, I think that's all we got. Say goodbye, everybody. Stop being cool. I'll give you money. I would never perform a root canal with money. (laughs) Yeah.
<laughs> like actually using money to do the canal? Uh, yeah, that's a drill. A, bad idea. a drill shape. Like yeah, you roll up the money like in a little drill shape, <laughs> and then you make a yeah, sound effect. Yeah, I'm gonna agree that that's a bad it idea. Twenty-five years to do. <laughs> I, I will also not do that. I would never waterboard someone with money. <laughs> money board. The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Tomorrow's just another day away.